We're going to jump right in today and uh, talking about a great, great topic, and that is how to make life easier supernaturally and or how to pay the price with grace. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, you've got to pay the price to walk in these things of God. It, you have to pay the price. Uh, that is true. But how you pay that price and, and where you pay that price, what empowers the payment of that price, that's what people miss. And a lot of times they take that price upon themselves and it's wrong. This is something the Lord said to me years ago, and I want you to hear it and then understand that this is very well, well balanced. It's backed by scripture, but I want you to hear this. Is Jesus, Jesus uh, got this to me through the Holy Ghost several years ago. He said, there's already been a price paid, and you will never pay more than that. Your love towards me is not a payment. Your faith towards me is not a payment. Your scripture reading is not a payment. You'll never pay more than I pay. However, there are things that we do that feel like payments, especially to the flesh. This is what we're going to talk about today. And we are required to, quote unquote, pay those things. We're required to. It's our responsibility as a believer and as a Christian. And we want to do that. We want to pay that price. But it's not how most people think. And it doesn't, the source of that payment is not what most people think. And we're going to talk about that today, how your life can be easy and light, walking in the supernatural the way that God intended, so you can do the supernatural things that grace will empower you to do and pay the price. And we're going to talk about that. You're going to find out that it's, it's serious, but you can do more than what you thought you could do. That's the beauty of it. You can do more than what you thought. Any time before this, you can do more than that because God has laid up a system of his empowering grace, and there's a way for you to access it. We're going to talk about that today. Let, let me read this to you. Jerry Savelle said this. He said, everyone wants to be blessed. Everyone wants to be blessed. But there are principles or spiritual laws that determine blessings and you've got to be obedient to those laws. Everyone wants to be blessed, but there are principles or spiritual laws that determine blessings, and you've got to be obedient to those laws. So we've heard, well, you have to pay the price to walk in the power of God. That is absolutely true. But it's again, it's where you pay the price and how you pay that price that is confusing. And I'll tell you this, most ministers that I know don't know the answer to this, and they're actually paying the wrong price in the wrong place, and that's why ministry is hard to them. I'm going to talk about how it's supposed to be easy and light. Let's look at that first. Didn't God say, uh, did God ever say it was supposed to be easy? You know, you'll see people posting it on Facebook, on Instagram, social media all the time, like, well, God never promised that it would be easy. Eh, that's not true. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Jesus says this, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. Now, it's interesting. Once I got revelation of those verses, I started to realize that at any point that my life was not in easy and light, I knew that I was doing something off. I was off in that moment. So that became an indicator. It became like the flashing warning light on the dash of your car. It became a red flag. If I wasn't walking in easy and light, I'm doing something wrong. Now, this is is very interesting because people don't understand how this works and how this functions. Let Let me show this to you because think about this. If I'm supposed to pay a price, isn't a price a weight? Isn't a price a burden? Isn't it heavy? Isn't that what paying a price means? Yes, it is. But how these things work is what makes the difference. But yet Jesus said it would be easy and light. So how can I pay a price that's heavy but still remain in easy and light? And this is this is the place where most people don't understand, and you got half of ministers that will preach on it's easy and everything's easy, and you got half the ministers preaching on it's hard and everything's hard and just just bear it, right? But there's actually, in the Bible, there's actually a blend of these two things, and it has to deal with the relationship between the spirit and the flesh and how you operate there. This is where the the deception is, this is where the confusion is, is how the spirit and the flesh are designed to operate together. When you understand the three parts of man, you start to see uh, the answer. Now look at this, and I want you to see this, Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. Romans chapter 8, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So when I have a mind that's set on the flesh, then I'm going to operate in a form of death, in a form of lack. I'm going to operate in that area. But when I, my mind is set on the spirit, there'll be life and peace. In other words, peace means, you know, when I go, if I go to the gym and I'm lifting a really heavy weight, my muscles and my body is not at peace in that moment. But when I go to the, to the gym, if I had an angel there supernaturally helping me, I could lift a heavy weight in peace, right? So the issue is the peace of God and the easy of God comes from supernatural supply. Well, that's simple enough to understand, but most people don't operate in this way. And so because of that, they never experience true easy and light and or they never pay the price that is needed to walk in the power of God and walk in the supernatural things of God. This is, this is where the connection is, and this is where the balance is. And I want you to see this. When Jesus was on the boat with the disciples, there's a demonic storm that comes up. These, most of those disciples had lived on the sea. They were professional fishermen. They'd seen storms before. Even they were fearful for their life. But where was Jesus? In the middle of this storm, the boat being tossed, he's asleep. (laughs) He's asleep. And then he comes up there in the middle of the demonic storm, calms the storm, and then rebukes the disciples for not having enough faith. In other words, you weren't operating where you should be operating. You weren't operating in easy and light. You were operating in hard and heavy, 
and you're wrong for it, and you need to bring your faith up to a different level. Now, it's very interesting in that moment because what you see is Jesus operating in easy and light, the disciples operating in hard and heavy, but both of them were in the same storm. They were in the same storm, but one operated in easy and light, and one operated in hard and heavy. Same situation, same weight of the situation, but one was going about it supernaturally, and one was going about it in the physical world. The one who operated, the disciples who operated in the physical world, it was hard and heavy. They were fearful for their life. When Jesus operated supernaturally out of his spirit, then he just handled the storm. It was easy and light. And this is a good picture of how it can be so many times uh, with us. We don't have to receive the weight of the fleshly if we'll operate in the supernatural. Let me say that again. We don't have to operate in hard and heavy if our main operation is from the Spirit. From the Spirit. Let me read this again, Romans 8, 6. For the mindset on the flesh is death, or heavy, it's full of lack, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. See, the difference here is the disciple's mind was set on the flesh, on the physical things. Jesus' mind was set on the spirit. And because he was set on the spirit, he operated in peace. And look at this. What did he release into that storm? What was it that flowed through him and calmed the storm? What did he say? What it, put it in the comments. What did Jesus say to that storm? Peace, be still. He was in peace, he walked in peace, and he released peace, and that peace was a weapon against the hard and heavy of the world, and it brought an easy and light. Now, I want you to see this. So, when we operate by the Spirit and by spiritual things, by spiritual things, we can have easy and light. But when we operate by the flesh, then it'll be hard and heavy. When I, I, want you, I want you to see this. When I got a hold of this, when my wife and I got a hold of this, from that moment, life has been easy. We've had some temptation to go back to hard, but there's always, there's things in the fleshly world that's always tempting you. But when I got this revelation... Man, I, I got at ease. I got at peace. I set my mind on the Spirit, and it just doesn't, I'm not shaken by those things. I might face them immediately and feel that pressure, feel that storm of life, but instantly I recognize that's hard and heavy, that's the wrong way to look at it, and I back into what I have in the Spirit, who I am in the Spirit, a child of God, His righteousness. I set my mind on the things of the Spirit, let the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me, and instantly I move from that place of hard feeling and the price to pay in the flesh to a price that's paid through the Spirit that's well able to pay it. And that makes it easy. So it's like at the gym where I'd have supernatural help. I'm in the same situation, but I receive the help. Put it in the comments. I need to receive God's help. I need to receive God's help. I need to receive God's help, right? Now, when you look at this, I want to look at how we actually pay. Let's look at why people would say there's a price to pay. 
Let's look at some of the scriptures and explain it. Look at this in Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8. Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8. But whatever things were gained to me, whatever things were gained to me, now you're going to see by context, he's talking about things I have gained in this fleshly life, in this physical life. Whatever things were gained to me, those things, watch this, I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I've counted it as loss. In other words, what things I've gained in the flesh, I have decided that I will count them as loss. I'm willing to lose them for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. In other words, Jesus is so valuable. He's such a surpassing value. All those things in the flesh that I thought were valuable, I count them as nothing now. I consider them nothing compared to the value of Christ. Like I could have, you know, a million bucks in the flesh, but compared to the value of what Christ has brought me, that, that million bucks is worth nothing. It's not worth it. Matter of fact, I've been offered some things that would probably pay me a million bucks, but I'd have to give up what God's called me to do. There's no way I'm doing that. No, his obedience to him is worth more. Now, let's go back before we finish the verses. Go back to what Jerry Savelle said. Everyone wants to be blessed, but there are principles or spiritual laws that determine blessings, and you've got to be obedient to those laws. So if we really want to walk in true blessing that's, that's more valuable than gold and silver and gems, we're walking in the wisdom of God, we're walking in obedience to God, we've got to be willing to say no to the things of the flesh, to count them as loss. He says this, and I count those things but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. So you can see here, there's a price to be paid. The things of the earth, the things of the flesh, the physical things, I'm paying those in a sense. I'm counting them as loss. I'm counting them as loss because Christ is so much more valuable. So is there actually a loss? Yes, there is a loss, but that loss is in the flesh, but I'm gaining in the spirit. And when I change the spiritual root, the physical fruit will be blessed as well. So what I'm recognizing is, the payment is, the things that look like I have, I'm willing to let go of those because the things I will gain in the spirit will be more and more valuable than that. So although it looks like lost, it's really gain. It's really gain. But now watch, in my flesh, I am paying a price in my flesh because my flesh wants to hold on to the things of the world. It wants to hold on to things that are valuable in the world. It, it wants to hold on to your comfort. Your flesh wants to hold on to things you consider mine, you know, your calendar, your money, your, you know, your resources, your skills, like it's mine, right? Your flesh wants to hold on to that. 
It gets very possessive of that. But you, those are the things that you pay and you count them as loss because you realize what God will give you will bring you even more than that, right? So there is. Now look at this. Three times in these verses, verse 7 and 8, he says, I counted it as loss. I count all those things to be loss. I count them but rubbish. So the price to pay is in the flesh. Put that in the comments. The price to pay is in the flesh. The, the price that we pay is a fleshly price, but now watch this, but we pay it with the supernatural supply. And that's where it becomes easy. So the weight is only heavy if we're living with the flesh in our mind. And this is where people have, have missed this. In other words, yes, if an onlooker was looking into your life and seeing what you were paying, and they were only looking with fleshly eyes, they would say, that's hard, that's heavy. But the issue is, the reason why they're seeing it as hard and heavy is because they're looking with fleshly eyes. But if they were to look with spiritual eyes, they would see that, yes, they're paying a price, but it pales in comparison to what they're receiving, and God will give them a supernatural grace to make that payment. He'll make it easy in the spirit, even though it looks hard in the flesh. So the payment to pay is in the flesh, but God will give you the seed of grace to pay it. He'll give you that. You see that, you know, it, it's like this. When they had to pay the taxes, that was kind of hard. That's why they were bringing it to Jesus. Jesus said, hey, you don't have to worry about it. I'm going to make it easy. Go catch a fish. All of a sudden, out of God's grace was a supernatural empowerment supply to pay both Peter's taxes and Jesus. What, was, what looked like hard to Peter was nothing to God. In other words, to a, a man looking on in the flesh, it looked hard and heavy, a payment, a heavy, weighty payment. But to God, it was easy. So the question is, which eyes are you focused on? Have you crucified the flesh or are you living by the flesh? The mindset on the flesh is death. It's weighty. It's hard. There's lack there. But the mindset on the spirit, you start to realize there's a supply that makes it easy. Glory to God. All right, so now, look at this. But notice in these verses, he says, I count it. Three times he says, I count it. That word count, obviously, is a key here. And I want you to see, the word means this, to lead or to deem. In other words, the weightiness, whether it's hard or easy, is determined by how you decide how you weigh it in your mind. It's determined by how you deem it to be so. Do you deem this as too valuable to give up? I just can't do that, God. Or do you look at it and deem it as this is easy to give up because I know what you've got for me. Jesus, you're more valuable than that. You're more valuable than my comfort. You're more valuable than my schedule. You're more valuable than my finances. You're more valuable than my job. Jesus, you're more valuable. So the, the price to pay is in how we count these things, how we deem them. Notice that the word count also means to lead, to lead. In other words, how we deem or how we think about this price 
It is supposed to be from a spiritual standpoint and not a fleshly standpoint. And that spiritual standpoint is supposed to lead. But instead, we've been taught through this earth to let our flesh lead. And when our flesh leads, what's the cost? Hard and heavy. But when our spirit leads and we deem it by our spirit, the cost is easy and light. And you can see how how we think about this and what we deem as important and what we deem as valuable has everything to do with the weight of the price that we pay. Now, I'm I'm gonna show you some supernatural things. At the end, I'm gonna talk about how to pay the price with grace. In other words, how to pay without paying. In other words, you actually don't have to come up with the payment. God's already given you the payment, and you can grab a hold of that payment to pay through faith and grace. Let's look at this verse, Colossians. We're looking again still how we pay, what is to be paid, Colossians 3, 5. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Just stop right there. Consider, count, deem it, the members of your earthly body as dead. Can you see again where in our mind we're deciding how we're going to process this? We're deciding in our mind how we're going to deem this. We're deciding in our mind what's going to lead our life. Is it going to be led by the thoughts of the flesh and a fleshly mind, or are we going to be led by the spirit? We're deeming which is a priority, which is important. And this has everything to do with if it's hard or heavy or easy and light. He says, therefore, this is a command. Consider, deem it, count the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Consider them dead. Like, I don't live by that. So listen, I have, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a man just like every other person. People sometimes think that pastors, like, they're just escaped from all the temptation. They don't face what I face. That's garbage. That's complete garbage. There's temptation all the time. Why? Because I'm in a corrupted world. I still have a corrupted body. And the issue is I hear the temptation. I just have learned not to pay attention to it. I've learned to turn the volume down on the flesh and turn the volume up on the spirit. And that makes the temptations easy and light to go through and put them down. Why? Because I've considered the temptation of the flesh as dead. I've considered the members of my fleshly and earthly body as dead. I've considered them dead. I've considered them dead. I've considered them dead. Now, I want you to see something. Now, make sure you're paying attention. Don't get lost in a a thought and following some track. You don't go reading more scriptures. Pay attention to the anointing and what God's saying here. All right, now listen. He says, consider it as dead. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God 
has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So here again, you know, in the first verse in Philippians, what's the price? Count the things of the flesh of the physical world as lost. That's the price. In, in Colossians 3, consider the members of your earthly body dead. Uh, Ephesians uh, 4, lay aside the old self. This is the price. But how you handle the price deems whether it's easy or light. Are you living and thinking by the fleshly mind, or are you doing what Ephesians 4 says? You're renewed in the spirit of your mind, right? In other words, the spirit is renewing your mind to how things should be, how you, how you should act, what price you should pay. He says, if you'll do this, you'll walk in the new self, in the likeness of God, You'll walk in righteousness. You'll walk in holiness. You, it'll be easy and light. But there is a price to pay, right? What's the price again? Things of, the, of this fleshly life, I count them as loss. I, I consider the members of my body as dead. I lay aside my old self. This is a price to pay. How you pay it, though, has everything to do with is it easy or light, and are you going to be successful or not? Galatians 5.24. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus, they have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. So one of the things that you see is here's the price. The flesh's passions and desires, you crucify them. You pay them. I will, I will not, I'm paying those passions. I'm paying those desires. I was saying it earlier uh, back up here where it says, uh, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, it amounts to idolatry. You know, everybody is tempted in this world, but you don't have to sit there and, and deal with it forever because if you will pay the price to consider that immorality and impurity and passion and greed, if you'll consider that dead, in other words, I paid the price to say, that's not who I am, and I care nothing about that. Even though my flesh is going, I care about it, but you're living not by the old man, the fleshly man. You're living by the spirit. You're living by the new man in the spirit of your mind. You're saying, no, I don't care about it, though. My flesh may care about it, but the real me, the spirit man, I don't care about it. I've crucified that. I'm not that person, right? I'm not that person. That's why in our confessions, it says, I hate sin. We're confessing what God, what God does. He hates sins. We're confessing, I don't love sin. I don't want those things. I don't want the greed and passions and impurities of the flesh. No, I hate those things. They are dead. They are crucified. We're confessing that. That's why it's in those confessions. Now, going back, he says, uh, Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ, they have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So the price is you crucify the flesh. Look at Romans 6, 6 through 8. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. You don't have to be a slave to those fleshly passions anymore. That fleshly desire to please itself, to comfort itself. You don't have to be a, a slave to that anymore. For he who has died is free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also 
live with him. So the price to pay is that we are crucifying ourselves. Look at Luke 9, 23 and 24. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. In other words, in context, deny the flesh man. Deny the fleshly passions. Deny the fleshly concerns of the world. And take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily. He takes up his cross. Well, where are you? If you're taking up your cross, where are you taking the flesh? To the crucifixion. You're taking the cross, you're taking your flesh to be crucified daily. For whoever wishes to save his life, he the one who wants to save his fleshly life, the life that's in the flesh, he'll lose it. But whoever loses his fleshly life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. In other words, the one who actually will say, I give up the fleshly passions. I crucify the flesh. I crucify the fleshly comforts, the fleshly desires. You'll actually find the life of God. You'll find fullness of life in every area of life because you were willing to crucify the flesh. That's the price that you crucify the flesh. Again, now think about this. If I have crucified the flesh, a dead flesh doesn't have uh, senses. A dead flesh doesn't feel. A dead flesh doesn't speak. So if I have crucified the flesh, I've turned the volume all the way down on the flesh, the volume that made it hard, the volume of the flesh that made it heavy, and if I've crucified it and turned it down, it's not hard to me anymore. It's easy. I don't even hear that anymore. I'm not even moved by that anymore. It doesn't carry any weight with me anymore. There's a price to pay, but you don't have to hear it, and you don't have to feel it, and you definitely don't have to carry it. And if you'll learn to crucify the flesh and turn down the volume of the flesh, all of a sudden life gets easy. It's kind of like uh, when Chuck Yeager was breaking the sound barrier. Nobody had ever done it before. And when you get right up to the sound barrier, you're, you're coming up to, it's a, called a barrier for a reason. Coming up, everything started to shake so violently, they thought that the plane would absolutely disintegrate. Because they were, what they were doing, they were compressing the sound waves. And everything just got so violent in that moment. But when they broke through the sound barrier and got beyond the sound barrier, they were traveling faster than the speed of sound. Everything smoothed out. And it was like just riding on oh, and, you know, glass. It was just riding so peacefully and so smooth. And that's the way it is with our flesh. When we are right there at crucifying the flesh, the flesh gets so loud, no, and it starts yelling and screaming and throwing its fist up, and that's where most people stop, stop because they go, oh, it's just too hard. It's just too heavy. And the reason is that they're, they're trying to pay it with the flesh instead of paying it with the grace of God through faith. They don't realize that there's supernatural help to crucify the flesh. There's supernatural help to put the flesh down. They don't realize that, and they're trying to do it on their own strength, and it doesn't work. And they get tired. They say it's too hard, it's too heavy, and they, a lot of times people back away and backslide, and golly, I did it so many times 
But I, I'd, I'd backslide, I'd, I'd back away from crucifying the flesh fully, and then all of a sudden I'd realize, like, how can I not go after God? I've got to go after him. And so I kept coming up, slamming up against that barrier of crucifying the flesh, crucifying the flesh, crucifying the flesh. I kept slamming up against that barrier, and I'd get to it, and my whole life would just be shaken so violently, and I'd, be, I'd feel hard and heavy until one day I said, Lord, I need your help. I am. I made a decision. I made a quality decision. I'm crucifying this flesh. It will not run my life anymore because a mindset on the flesh is death and a mindset on the spirit is life and peace. I'm living by the spirit. I will have life and peace and I ditch the death of the flesh in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask for you to help me in my faith. I receive that grace. And when I did, I punched through that barrier and it's been smooth sailing from there on. Now, it wasn't that I wasn't tempted to go back beyond, you know, behind that barrier. I was tempted to give in to the flesh again multiple times, heavy, heavy temptations to go back to that. But I made a decision. I made a quality decision. No, that's not who I am. I'm going forward. Listen, the Holy Ghost, being baptized in the Holy Ghost, will empower you to walk as a good witness, empower you to walk by the Spirit, being filled with the fire of God, getting in the glory of God. These things... They help us to walk supernaturally. I'm going to tell you how to do it here in just a second. Whoever wishes to save his fleshly life, you know what's going to happen? He's going to lose it. They're going to lose it. But whoever will say, Lord, I give you my fleshly life, my fleshly comfort for my sake, this is the one who will save it. Now watch this. I want you to think about this. We think, when we think about these things, we think about big things in our life. But it doesn't, you, you have to understand that it's the small foxes that ruin the vine. It's not just how you think about big things. This is a biblical principle all the time is if you won't do it in the small things, you're not going to do it in the big things. That's a big biblical kingdom principle. So a lot of times it's small things that determine the big victories. It's small obediences that set our character up to have the right character to win the big victory. So everybody wants to be in the big victory and have the big testimonies, but they're not willing to do the small things. You know, most Many of you know the story. I'm walking through my house. It's Nicole and I's house, and, and I'm walking through the house one day. This is years ago, and I got a piece of cake, and I had it on a napkin and took a bite of it. I'm walking by the front door, and a crumb of that cake falls off into the floor. And I just kept on walking. And the, Lord, the Holy Ghost goes, are you going to pick that up? And instantly, my flesh went, I can, my flesh thought, I can leave that there if I want to. This is my house. <laughs> Understand, why am I alive? Who gave me life? Who, who saved my life? Who saved my eternal life? Who gave me the skill to get a house? Who gave me the mind to get paid for the work I do? God gave me all of that. I shouldn't see this as my house. That's me trying to hold on to my fleshly life. No, I shouldn't count it as loss. Lord, I give you. This house is yours, right? This house is yours. This is not my house. 
That means everything I do, I should do it as unto the Lord. And, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, character does the right thing even when nobody's looking. Kind of especially when nobody's looking. That's what character is. And I went, oh, Lord, I repent. And I backed up and picked up the crumb and went and put it in the trash. Now, I could have left it there. That was my choice. But it would have been bad character, and it would not have been me crucifying my flesh that wanted to be in control and wanted to be the boss. Now, it was a small area. But see, if you're not carrying a crucified flesh in the small areas, then you're not going to carry it in the big areas and have big, big uh, testimonies. You're not going to see the power of God. And people say, well, it's just easier just to not go after God. No, that's not true. Oh, my goodness, that's not true. You just don't have revelation of how easy it is when you do go after God. You, you just don't see that yet. That's all. You don't, you don't have a revelation of what he said earlier where he says, I count these things in loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. When I look at Christ, do you know how valuable that is? Do you know what that will get me? You, and that's the revelation that we need to get is what actually will it open up? I'm going to show you some of that in just a second. But here's, here's what I want you to see, too. Another small area. You know, maybe you don't like a certain restaurant. Maybe every time you go to that restaurant, your stomach's upset that afternoon. But God told you to go, and church family is going there, Right? Maybe, maybe that's where church family is actually supposed to go, and that's where they're going. And what's more important, your stomach or the people made in the image and likeness of God? But it upsets my stomach. You can't, you can't ask me to go to a place that upsets my stomach. I can't? Really? <laughs> oh, no. Jesus can just ask us to give our lives up for him, but I can't ask you to give up a place that upsets your stomach. Who's running your life? Who's on the throne? At this point, it looks like your stomach. Going fast, but be in the presence of the people. That's, you know, listen, yesterday, I don't, on Sundays, I don't eat, I don't eat breakfast. I always fast before going into the service on Sunday morning. I always do that. It's just a habit that I've had for years. So I'm fasting. I hadn't had any breakfast. Then I have to have a meeting to serve and help love on somebody. It took me to, I don't think I ate till four o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. I could have made somebody get me some food and everything. No, love needed to be poured out. Forget about my flesh. My flesh, I'm, I'm supposed to crucify my flesh. I Was I hungry? Yeah, I was hungry. Was it hard? No, because I was pulling on grace. It wasn't hard. Did I feel it? Yes. Was it hard? No. See, the issue is I'm, what I'm paying attention to and what I'm pulling on. Jesus said this. They were talking about physical food. He said, I have food that you don't know of. I have food that you don't know of. It, somebody looked that up. I think it's in John 4. And, it, and it's right there. He says, I have food that you don't know of. And here's the food. It's, I think it's John 4, John John 4.32, he said, here's, here's my food to do the work of the Father. Here's my food to do the work of the Father. And that may that be that verse. It might be another one. But he said, my, my food is to do the work of the Father. So see, there's a food there. There's a supernatural supply 
that's available supernaturally even when it's not there in the flesh. Even when I'm paying a price in the flesh, there's a supernatural supply. See, don't just look in that and say, oh my gosh, I'll be without food. No, look at it and go, there's something else out there that I can feed off of. There's something else that I can pull and draw from that'll feed me like physical food. See, exactly. Hannah says, my source must be him. There's a source there. So you you look at it and says, hey, we got to send these people away. I'm showing you some pictures here. We got to send these people away because they've been here listening to you preach all day. They're hungry. There's no restaurants out here. We don't have enough money to do that. Jesus is like, what do you have? What's in your hand? Tell me what you have in your flesh's hand and give that to me because what you have in your hand is enough for a seat. And he says, bring me that little boy's lunch. And then he blessed it. There was a river of God in the supernatural that he drew up. Even though they were in the wilderness, in a desert, there was nothing there. Oh, there was something there in the supernatural. He pulled on on grace in that desert by faith, and all of a sudden they fed everybody. There was a supply that was not seen with the fleshly eyes. There was a, a supply seen with faith, and see, this is the issue. This, this is the thing, is that we are so accustomed to looking in the flesh for our answers that we miss the supply that's in the supernatural. <laughs> so one of the things that happens, so for example, let me give you an example of this. What if I told you, okay, everybody, right now, uh, the Lord, we're getting ready to go on the Philippines trip. I'm calling for a month-long fast at Boomerang. All right. I'm not calling for a month-long fast, but there for just that split second when you thought that might be a possibility, what did your flesh do? Oh, I don't want to fast for a month. I don't want a month-long fast, right? Now, why? All right, here's the question. Is that flesh crucified? No, that's why you heard it, all right? The thought of a month-long fast caused your, your mind to cringe, right? Why? Now, think about this. If you're looking supernaturally, you'll understand that there's a supernatural spiritual supply to pull on and draw on that'll make it easy and light in reality. Either it's easy and light or Jesus was a liar. So there's an easy and light available. You just might not know where it is or how it is, but it is available. So if we're more spiritually minded and spirit minded, we'll look at the easy and light, even though we don't know what the details of it are, but what actually happens when you call for a fast? The first thing that people look at is what? How they're going to be in lack. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace, but the mindset on the flesh is death. It's a lack of some sort. So when you call for that, our brains go straight to the lack. My flesh does the same thing. My flesh does the same thing, but I have to say, oh, no, if God's calling for a fast, there's a supernatural supply, and this fast is going to be easy and light. Once I learned this, I've had more easy fasts. I'm talking about easy. It's like the easiest fast I've ever had. But just your reaction can tell you which, which part of you you've had the volume turned up on, and it doesn't have to be that way. You can deem it the other way. You can count it a different way, and when you do, you start drawing on a supernatural, easy, and light supply. You see that?
All right, now, look at this. So there is a price to pay, and our flesh doesn't want to pay the price, and to our flesh, it looks hard and heavy. It's our flesh that has to pay the price. And I want you to see this. The price to pay is simply your decision to follow God or not. That's the price. The price to pay is whether or not you will say yes to God when he comes asking. The price to pay is the decision over the things of God. That's the price to pay. You, the only price you have to pay is that decision. And if you'll make the godly decision, there's a grace empowerment to pay that price for you. In other words, many people, when they say, okay, I've got to go pay this price. We just got to get to work and do this. What they're saying, and when I say that, I'm not meaning the same thing. But most people, when they say that, they got to go sweat and toil and do the work of ministry. They're thinking all what they got to do in the flesh. I don't think that way. I think there's a price to pay. The price that I need to pay is a decision, and God is going to, I'm going to do the work, but God will be empowering me, make it easy as I go, right? So in other words, I'm doing the work, but the work is simply a decision to let God flow through me, not a decision to go and do it all myself. See, when I'm paying the price in the flesh, I'm doing it all, and that I'm the empowerment, I'm the source, we are that source, and that's why it's hard and heavy, and that's why most people will not choose to pay the price. See, this lack of revelation makes people hold back from God and never give their life to God, never crucify the flesh, and never hit their destiny because they're scared of the price. But God will give you the supernatural supply to pay the price, but you're not really the one paying it. You're only making the decision to pay it, and you're pulling on God's source and God's supply to get it done. Can you see that? Are you seeing it? It is. Hannah says, this revelation is huge. Tell me about it. When I got a hold of this, everything changed. I'm telling you, from the moment that I got a hold of this, everything's changed. Amen. Buddy says, what a great system. It's almost like God created it. It's almost like God created it, <laughs> which he did. This is, this is why so many people are not fulfilling their destiny and they're not in joy and they feel beat down because they've been their source in the flesh They've kept the voice of the flesh turned up. They've not crucified the flesh. They've not deemed Christ valuable, more valuable than their, than their flesh's value. And so because of that, they're constantly operating by a flesh system and not operating by the spirit system, not operating by God's system. And because of that, they're not seeing the supernatural. But if they will actually operate with the mind of the Spirit and do it God's way, God will give them, the. he'll fund the bank, of, bank account to pay the price. He will supernaturally fund the bank account to pay the price. If you're fasting, he'll give you supernatural strength while you're fasting. If you're paying for a building, he'll bring in supernatural supply and finances supernaturally to pay for the building. 
right? If you need time in your calendar, he'll supernaturally expand what you're doing and give you that if you'll put faith on. Most people are not reaching for grace in their faith, and so they constantly like, I'm so busy, I have too much to do. No, actually you're not. You just aren't operating by grace, and you're doing it on yourself, by yourself, and you're the source, and that's why you're wore out. And so they stop short, and they never fulfill their destiny. No, there's a supernatural. Think about this. What can you do in God? What is available? What's possible? What does the word say? With God, all things are possible. So when God writes something on your heart, you may be handling a hundred of the things that God wrote on your heart. But if he continues talking to you and gives you something else, when he spoke it to you, he released a grace provision for you to get it done. Stop thinking you can't do it and start thinking, with God all things are possible, and I'm going to pull on his grace. If he put me in this position, I can see it through, I can get it done supernaturally, and it'll be easy and light. And it'll be easy and light. This is the grace of God. And so, yes, you're paying the price by making a decision to crucify the flesh in either big, big deals or small deals, big items, small items. Big situations, little situations. You're making a decision to crucify the flesh and live by the Spirit of God, not live by the flesh, not let your flesh rule you, not let your, not let your flesh tell you what you can do or can't do or what you have or don't have. I'm not listening to that. I'm not letting the storm tell me it's going to kill me. I'm going to be in peace because God sent me to the other side. Right? I'm not living by the flesh. I'm living in easy and light, and I'm pulling on supernatural grace with my faith, believing that if I'm in this situation, God has given me a provision to lead me to triumph because he's always leading me to triumph in Christ and manifesting through me always the sweet aroma of the knowledge of God. See, when I know him and I know what's available in him and I know that his ways are so much more valuable, then that knowledge and revelation will bring me to manifestation. I've, I've got to make this a reality. I've got to know this. It's got to become me. Now, let's look at how to pay the price with grace. As we wrap up, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 or chapter 9 and verse 6 through 8. I'm going to read these verses and then verse 10 and 12, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, and 10 through 12. I'm going to read these. I'm going to explain to you the kingdom process to receive the resources to pay the price. It's not coming from you. It's coming from God when you make a decision. When you make a decision to count the things of the world unworthy and the things of God worthy, when you make a decision to crucify the flesh and you make a decision to sow into God, I'm sowing my flesh into the works of God. I'm Lord, I give you my flesh. I crucify my flesh. When you make that decision, and by faith, I believe that I have the grace to make it happen. With a decision and faith, you actually have access to all the grace of God to pay the price that we're talking about. And when you, when you allow God to pay that price through you, heaven is available to you. All right, now, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly 
will also reap sparingly. Let me just tell you, what we're talking about here is we're talking about finances. He's definitely talking about finances, money. But it is a kingdom principle that is not just relegated to money. It's not just uh, set to money. No, there's a kingdom principle of seed time and harvest, and you can put in the blank money. You can put in the blank my flesh. You can put in the blank food. All right, I'm going to sow my eating in fasting. I'm going to sow that. So you can put in the blank, I'm sowing what? Whatever, Lord, you ask me to sow, I'm sowing it in. I'm sowing time. I'm sowing resources. I'm sowing money. I'm sowing food. I'm sowing my comfort. Whatever it is, whatever it is, I can fill in the blank, and what I sow, I have a right to reap a harvest of it. Now let's look at it. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart. Now, now hear this. Let me just highlight it, underline it. Purposed in his heart. It's one of the key components of this system of God. We need to take time to purpose in our heart, be intentional, to become who we are. In other words, I need to not just sow every now and then. In my heart, I need to become a sower. That's who I am. I'm a sower. I'm a giver. I am a sower. I plant seeds in the kingdom of God. I sow my flesh. I sow money. I sow resources. I sow food when I fast. I sow my comfort. I'm a sower. I purpose in my heart. This is who I am. See, a lot of times we'll take time. Think about this. Think about this. How much, when you want to go on vacation, how much time do you think about going on vacation? You think about it, you meditate on it, you purpose in your heart to take that vacation. You're thinking about where you're going to go, what you're going to do. You'll spend hours online looking for the right place, looking for activities. What are you doing in that whole period of time? You are becoming intentional about that vacation. You are purposing in your heart, like, I'm going, and it's going to be awesome. You, know, you might not even have money to go yet, but you purpose, you purpose in your heart to get there. This is what this is talking about. But how many people take that same amount of time to be a sower? How many people you're thinking about, oh, man, what can I give? Oh, Lord, I'm looking forward to giving to you. Now, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about I'm, I'm looking forward to giving you my time. Like when I'm going over, we're going to the Philippines, I'm thinking for months now, for months I've been thinking, Lord, I'm going to give you fasting ahead of time. And when I get over there, Lord, I'm get, I'm, I get to sow the word into the people. I'm meditating on, I'm purposing, I'm purposing in my heart to give the word. I'm purposing in my heart to give myself. I'm taking time away from the things that I would do for my flesh's entertainment so that I can give myself to the word so that when I get over there, I can sow that word into the people as I minister to it. In other words, I've been taking months in preparation to go on this trip so that when I get there, the seed that I gave, right, the seed that I gave, I will have grace to give to the people. I've purposed in my heart. But how often do we do that? How often do we stop? We're meditating on it. We're praying on it. We're purposing. We're intentional in our heart to be a sower. 
And we should be doing this with money. We should be doing this with finances. Nobody basically does this. A few here and there, but most people, they never become a sower in their heart, and because of it, they never tap into this grace. Here, think about this. Most people never become and are intentional and purpose to sow a crucified flesh. They don't think, I'm going to crucify my flesh on this. I, I'm not going to do it. I've, I've literally sat around knowing this and having a revelation of this now. Lord, I sow my flesh. If I get tempted with this temptation or that temptation, here's what my response will be. Here's what I will do in that moment. Here's what I will say to it. I hate sin. Where do you think that confession came from? I hate sin and love righteousness. That came out of purposing in my heart to hate sin and sow the temptations of a crucified flesh to God. That's where that came from. Because I took time to purpose in my heart. I meditated on that. When this temptation comes, here's how I'll respond. When this temptation comes, here's how I'll respond. When this temptation comes, here's how I'll respond. I I purposed in my heart to sow my flesh. That's what gives me the ability to walk in holiness. Because I have grace to walk in holiness because I purposed in my heart. So now watch. It says, now this... I I say, who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So you can't sow in these big ways until you've purposed in your heart. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart. In other words, if you'll purpose it in your heart, you can do it. Look Look at that. Each one must do. Must do. In other words, if he must do it, he's got to have the means to do it, or else God is unjust telling us this. He must do means he can do. Each one can do what he purposes in his heart. He can do what he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, see, we just think money here, but how about fasting? How about your your meals? God loves a cheerful giver of his meals. And that even when you go into Isaiah 58, it talks about fasting and being hard during the fasting or, or being actually in joy and cheerfulness, right? It gives that context of it. He's saying, look, when you give your meals to me, don't give it and be like, oh, I just ain't fast. I'm just fasting. I'm fasting for the Lord. It's so hard. Like that's not how to fast. And it is going to be hard because you're doing it in the flesh. But there's a place to do it in the spirit where it doesn't have to be that way. It can be easy and light. All right? And then he says this, and God is able. When we, perp- when we do what's purposed in our heart and we sow that, God can make all grace. God is able to make how much grace? All grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Now watch this. There's the key right there. What did it say? Did it say you may have an abundance for every time you give money at the church? Or was it just limited to giving an offering? Or is it for every good deed, for every good work? So see, he's saying there's a grace that's available for every payment that you need to pay. There's a grace available for every good work. And as you purpose in your heart, God will get you the seed of grace, and you can take the seed of grace to pay that payment. 
I can, what was hard for me to do in the flesh, I can purpose in my heart, God will give me the seed of grace, and now that thing can be easy because I'm pulling by faith. Oh, no, this, you know, your flesh will be going, this is hard, this is hard. But my spirit man will be saying, no, this is easy. This is easy. I got this. The God will give me the grace to make this easy. Look at this in verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. In other words, God, the seed that he'll give you is grace. It may be in the form of money. It may be in the form of supernatural nutrition and strength. It may be in the form of a comfort that is not possible in the flesh. It may be in the form of a peace in the middle of a storm. But that seed is the seed of grace that he gives to the person who has determined to pay the price in the flesh. When they've determined to be a sower of the price in the flesh, then they can actually draw on the supernatural grace of God and pay the price through grace. He gives us the seed. And he gives us seed to the sower, bread for food, and will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Everybody that's born again is righteous, but not everybody has the same harvest because not everybody purposes their heart the same. The increase of the harvest of their righteousness is based on how do they purpose in their heart. Verse 11 and 12, look at what will happen if you will get a hold of this system that God gives us. You will be enriched in everything. For all liberality, for all freedom, you will be enriched in everything. You will be free in everything. You'll be in freedom. You'll be in freedom, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. In other words, when it flows through you, you're going to start thanking God. You're going to start thanking God. I'm going to tell you a story of what happened in just a second. Let me read verse 12. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, it's not only helping the saints when you, when you give and sow into them, but it is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. When you, when you purpose yourself to pay the price of crucifying the flesh, empowered by the grace of God, it will bring you into a richness in everything, of freedom in everything, and it will cause you to constantly praise God, and it will cause others to constantly praise God too. You'll, you'll be well supplied for every good work. So the place where I learned this was I was fasting. I was in an extended fast, and I was in, most of you have heard this story, but some of you haven't. I'm in like week five of this fast. I go to a luncheon that I was supposed to go to, and I'm sitting there watching everybody eat. And when you fast, like your senses get heightened uh, to the nth degree, it seems like, your fleshly senses. I could smell every morsel of food in the place. I could smell it all. I could smell everything. And my flesh was going, ah! My flesh was so agitated and irritated. Now watch this, because I was in that place, and it was a it was a godly luncheon and everything, but I was paying attention to the flesh. Listen, what was my mind set on? My mind was set on the flesh, and I was feeling the lack. I was feeling the death of my flesh by not eating. I felt uh, so 
bad. <laughs> and I was driving home. That was in Charlotte. I'm driving home from that luncheon. I'm in like week five of, of this fast. And I'm telling you, my mind, I couldn't get my mind off of that food. I couldn't get my mind, and I was hurting. I, and I was doing it to myself because I wasn't taking my thoughts captive. Uh, but I was, you know, I just wasn't handling it right, and I got so beat up and beat down. I'm driving home. I'm about 10 minutes from the house, and I called the leadership team. I said, guys, I'm not going to give up this fast. I said, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go. I'm too hungry for God to stop. But today, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And I said, I'm, I'm convicted to pay the price of this fast. I'm, 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 in these words, I've purposed in my heart, I'm going to keep fasting. I've purposed in my heart, I'm going to keep fasting. And so these meals to finish this fast. I'm too hungry for God. I've decided I want God more than I want what my flesh has to offer. I want God more. I'm purposed to do it. But I need some strength. I need help. And so the, my leadership team prayed. I prayed. I did feel a little bit better. I relaxed a little bit, but it kind of kind of lingered there a little bit, and mostly because I dwelt on it, I thought on it too much. I, I had messed that up. And uh, I woke up, went to sleep that night. I woke up the next day. I had so much energy the next day. I was amazed by it. Like, you know how the book of Acts is the book of amazement? I was astonished. I could not believe. I hadn't had any extra calories. I hadn't had anything extra. I hadn't eaten anything. I you know it wasn't just the sleep. This was supernatural. I woke up. I had so much energy. I got so much work done that day, and that was what I didn't want to do. I'd wake up and be like, oh, God, I don't want to even, I don't, I don't even want to waste the brain power to think about anything. Like I just, I was out of energy. I had so much. I was thinking about things. I was able to go physically do things. I felt like exercising. I hadn't felt like exercising the whole time I was fast. I actually thought about, I want to go exercise. There's so much stuff. I had so much energy. It was supernatural. There was a supernatural grace seed that God empowered me to pay that price. I was so astonished by it. I talked to the Lord. I said, Lord, and what happened? I started praising him. I started thanking him. Thank you, Lord. It was doing exactly what 2 Corinthians 9 talked about. It produced so many thanksgivings and something. I said, Lord, this is amazing. This is great. This is great. He said, this, this is the grace of God. To feed, to give you seed to pay the price. And I went, really? This is amazing. I said, God, I wish I had this all the time. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said, you've had this grace every day of your life since you got born again. You just didn't know it and you haven't applied it. You haven't drawn on it by faith. And I went, what? Lord, I never want to not use this grace again. I've got this level of grace available to me every day of my life? Yes. And that's when I got revelation of these verses, the fullness of what they were talking about on this topic. And I realized this is what will make it easy and light. This Because now I'm paying with my flesh. I made the decision to pay the meals. But today, this fast is not hard. 
This fast is literally easy because my mind was set on the spiritual grace of God and not on the price that I was paying in the flesh. My mind was set on how God's grace and empowerment was flowing through me, and my mind was set on purposing to be a sower instead of just paying the price of my own resources. I was not my source now. God was my source, and easy and light had hit me, hit my body, hit my life, and it's never been the same since. And this is available to every believer who's hearing this message. If you're not born again, you can walk in that walk in that supernatural power to make it easy. You can pay the price supernaturally with grace. This is available to every believer. It's for you now. Just get a revelation of it. Open your eyes to it. Purpose in your heart and know that when God said it's easy and light, he meant it. We're not just talking theory and pipe dreams here. It was a reality. I've lived it. I've walked in it. And you can walk in it too. Father, right now for every person that's hearing this message, Lord, let them walk in easy and light. The reality of your grace to pay the price, make the decision to crucify the flesh and make the decision to purpose and be intentional in their heart to be sowers of their life, sowers of the flesh, empowered by you as their source with the supernatural grace of God, and it shall be easy and light in Jesus' name. Now, the beautiful thing about this is it doesn't just work with fasting. This works with your finances, which is what that passage is actually talking about. The same thing. He will, when you purpose in your heart to sow financial seed, he will give you and bring to you supernatural grace in the form of finances to sow, in the form of something material to sow, and you'll be able to sow by his grace supernaturally and receive a supernatural harvest that'll empower you for every good work. This is the plan of God. And so we can do this in every area of life. And today, as we wrap up, if you would like to sow, you're welcome to. You don't have to. But if you purposed in your heart, I'm a sower, and I just heard a word that I want a part of that supernatural grace. I want it to be easy in life. I want to pay the price of the flesh empowered by the source of God, the source of God's grace. I want to be empowered by his grace and I want to do the supernatural, I want to fulfill my destiny, this is a good message to sow into for that because that's what it's all about. That word there in the same passage where it says, if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully, it literally means in the original language, if you'll sow into a good word, you're going to reap that good word. So if this is a good word to you and you want the good word that was just preached to you, it's a good message to sow into. It's scriptural, it's biblical in that way. And so if that's you, uh, let the Lord lead you. Say, Lord, I purpose in my heart right now. What would you have me to sow? I want to kickstart these finances. I want the supernatural grace of God in my finances. If that's you, just ask the Lord, then just be obedient. That's it. it. It can be a little, it can be a lot. Just obedience. Obedience is the price. Obedience is the price. Put that in the comments. Obedience is the price. Father, right now in Jesus' name, Lord, every seed and every heart of obedience, every putting down of the flesh and lifting up of the Spirit of God, Lord, bless it. Let it, I call it blessed in the name of Jesus. 
Father, I thank you for it. Let it be multiplied now. Return, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over into their lives. Let them have a supernatural harvest for every good work. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Did you get something out of this today? If you didn't, man, go back and listen again. <laughs> and then listen again until you get it. Because this will change your life. And uh, I'm excited to hear the testimonies about how it's changed your life. This is a big deal. And this is a reality. I'm telling you what I tell, told you about today. It's not just revelation to me. I have lived it. I am living it. And it works. It is a kingdom principle. And it's beautiful. And it's awesome. I love what Buddy said a while ago. What a system. What a great system. It is exactly that. God has laid up ways in, the, in this Bible to, to walk in that is supernatural and it is blessed. Now listen to this again, what Jerry Savelle said, what I opened with. Everyone wants to be blessed, but there are principles or spiritual laws that determine blessings, and you've got to be obedient to those laws. I just gave you one today, a major one. Enjoy it, live it, tell us the testimonies, send them to us. We love you so very much.